Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Welcome back to the show. It's Faraz. It's Zach. Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. We are talking week 13. Like, week 13, man. Like, that means... So, it used to be weeks 14, 15, and 16 were playoffs before they added the new week. Right? And... You know, so that means that this would have been normally the last week before the playoffs start, right? And right. this would have been that week. Now, it sucks that we have so many buys week 13. We have buys week 14. Not ideal at all for people Correct. who are trying to make into the playoffs. Like, it sucks. Uh, but we make do with what we got. You know, we keep fighting. And uh, you know who's going to be fighting the Mozak? Those, those teams who lost Jonathan Taylor. For the oh, next yeah. several weeks. Okay. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal. He's having surgery on his thumb. He'll be out for two to three weeks. Zach Moss is the guy once again. Four top finishes in his first five games to start the year. He's uh he's like a high in RB2. We had a borderline RB1 play this week against Tennessee. You know, like Jonathan Taylor's two to three weeks. That's what that's what the owner's saying. Is it possible yeah. that he gets put on IR? I think it's possible. Right. Mm-hmm. When he gets taken off of IR and he's ready to go, are they going to give him 80% of the work right away? Probably not. It's right. probably a lost season the rest of the way for Jonathan Taylor. Like, this is, but Zach Moss, though, you might be able to start Zach Moss even when Jonathan Taylor returns because we kind of saw that the first time around. Yeah. 
Uh, the reason this just absolutely blows even more than usual is just the timing of the injury, like you said. Like, imagine you're a team that waited until week seven for Jonathan Taylor to be back, you know, 100%. He came back, I think it was week five, but he had those two weeks where he was ramping up. He didn't get the full workload, you know? I'm sure there are plenty of teams out there that had this exact situation play out. You wait for him to come back to 100% week seven. By the time he finally gets to 100%, you might have been two and five, three or four, three and four. You know, you needed him to help you make that playoff push. He comes back. He has three top 10 finishes for you between week seven and 12. And just as you're about to make that final push, he's next two weeks for the playoffs. He's out. You know, you could be six and six right now. There's seven and five. Even you, know, you would have been thinking you're set with your RB one, RB two, wherever he was starting in your lineup. You know, you're, you're thinking you're set, especially after the game um, this past weekend, because there wasn't any report saying that he was injured really coming out of that one. It just kind of popped up during the week. It's just, it's just terrible. So Jonathan Taylor managers, I feel you. But talk about a power shift in a lot of leagues where the person that had Jonathan Taylor that also didn't have Zach Moss as a handcuff, you know, someone else probably has Zach Moss. And that's a huge power shift in terms of who's getting those fancy points now of the Colts backfield. If you have Zach Moss, I'm not thinking twice about starting him. You know, I'm not concerned about the matchups. Moss looked damn good in the games that he's played this year. 18 plus touches in each of the first four games this year. The Colts are perfectly content with Moss leading the backfield, I think. You know, obviously, as much as it sucks that Jonathan Taylor isn't going to play, like, I don't think that they're that worried about it with Zach Moss playing the way that he was. And, you know, talk about an opportunity for Moss to market himself to other teams, too. You know, he's going to be a free agent this offseason. And this is looking out in the distance. But if he can add to his already strong resume, you know, he could end up being a factor in another backfield next season. It's really interesting to see because Zach Moss could end up being really fancy relevant on another team or even maybe on the Colts. You know, next season, and now, like I said, we're looking out in the distance here a little bit, just based on what he's done this season. We weren't expecting him to do anything, and now suddenly he's his high value running back. Yeah, and you know, you're starting him against Tennessee. Um, you look at the following two weeks, Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, good matchups too, right there. Like you're not bad, not bad at all. So, right. like you mentioned, the power shift. That's a great way to describe it. You know, it is what it is. If you have Moss, Someone's you're happy. happy. Someone's if you have not. JT, yeah, exactly, exactly. If you have JT. You're not so happy. Hopefully, you had both. Okay. Right. Um, Kenneth Walker, he didn't practice on Monday or Tuesday. My guess is that he'll be out this week. Uh, another tough matchup for Zach Charbonnet. They're playing on Thursday night, by the way. That's why the practices are early in the week. Uh, but Charbonnet, he had 18 touches last week. That included four catches. Uh, you know, he literally got all the work. Uh, but it was yeah. a tough matchup. Uh, I think he's still in the RB2 conversation, probably lower end RB2 this week. Tough matchup against Dallas. Um, you know, I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to move the ball, you know, as much, right? It's, this is mm -hmm. not ideal for Charbonnet, right? Like, if you have Kenneth Walker and then he's not playing this week, it's like, it's like, oh, well, I I, I would have had a really tough decision to make, right, to, to play him <laughs> or not this yeah. week. The last week, same thing. Now you don't have to make the decision, but now everyone who has Charbonnet has to, has to make a tough decision here. Yeah, and that's about where I had Charbonnet in my rankings last week as low-end RB2. I think he was actually like a high RB3 for me. you know. And that was just because I figured the Seahawks wouldn't be able to keep up with the 49ers on the scoreboard. And to be honest, I, I think that's the same scenario we're looking at this week You know, in Dallas. Dallas has been walloping teams at home. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself here and just assume Dallas is going to win. But it sucks that Charbonnet is – we know he's absolutely talented enough to be an RB1-type handcuff to Kenneth Walker. We just might not get to see that play out this season because the two games Walker might, missed or might miss, you know, Walker could still technically play this week, but I'm assuming he's going to be out too. Those games that he's missed have been against very good defenses, and it's, it's going to be a game script, I think, again, where Zach Charbonnet, even if he gets a lot of work, 
he's not going to be doing a whole lot with it. You know, he's worth a look as a volume based play in my book for sure. But the upside just isn't all that great. And that's where the question comes in of do I want to start Charbonnet or do I want to go somewhere else? Because if you have a guy like, I I don't know, let's see, if you have a guy like Jerome Ford or Zach Charbonnet, you know, who who are you going to pick between those two? I I know the Browns. Jerome Ford, yeah. I would go Jerome Ford there too. And I'm sure there are people out there with that decision to make. I'm pretty close to that decision. I it's I think it's a different running back besides Charbonnet, but I have Jerome Ford. He's one of those guys who are just not sure what you're going to get. Well, you know what you're going to get. He had 11 some points these past few weeks, but the upside with Charbonnet definitely is intriguing compared to what we've seen from Jerome Ford these past few weeks. So I, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I just don't like the upside a whole lot. I think it's like pretty much the same matchup. And like you said, the same problem that we faced last week, this week with Charbonnet. Let's talk about a few good matchups at quarterback. By the way, this is the quarterback and running back episode. We'll be back with another wide receiver and tight end episode this week. But let's talk about a few good matchups at quarterback. Tua this week in Washington, right? Like that one screams, you know, crazy upside to me, right? Quarterbacks have eight against the commanders, right? Dak last week with four passing touchdowns. Tommy DeVito threw three touchdowns the week before. Geno Smith got in on the action with a huge game this week prior, his only huge game of the year. Uh, Tyrod Taylor <laughs> had a big week against them. Desmond Ritter had a big game against them. Like, look at these names here. Like, Tua should have, yeah. like, a tremendous week this week. Yeah. Like, there's no question about this one. This one's as straightforward as it gets. You don't have to think about this one at all. You're putting Tua in your lineup. He's going to be in your lineup anyway. Same with Tyreek Hill. They're about to have the games of their lives. <laughs> you know, Washington just <laughs> fired Washington just fired Jack Del Rio. He was a defensive coordinator and a defensive backs coach. So now, not only is there no continuity on the back end, but there's also just like they're getting torched every single week. So I think this is just set up for a complete massacre. I, I don't see a situation where Tua and Tyreek Hill aren't to a point even Jalen Waddle, you know, same t- same type of thing. Like any of these pass catchers can get it done at the same time. You know, Tua is set up to have probably his best day of the year because the Commanders they're just run down right now, and the, the the morale it helps offenses just pummel teams even more when the morale is as low as it is right now in Washington on defense because they traded away their two stars, Montez Sweat and Chase Young. They have no pass rush, which is going to give Tua plenty of time. They're getting picked apart on the back, and it's just. We were talking about Dak Prescott having a perfect matchup last week. He came through like this is carbon copy, just copy paste the exact same thing. And I'm expecting the exact the exact same game script this week, you know, as what we saw in Dallas last week with Washington. So with Miami, you have nothing to worry about. Like you can't have a better matchup than they have this week. I have CJ Stroud ahead of Justin Herbert uh, and Patrick Mahomes in my rankings this week. He's in my QB. He's my QB four on the week he has a better matchup than them right justin herbert though you know he should get it done right his matchup isn't as good as cj stroud's going into new england uh you know it's tough putting stroud over him but i think i will this week um i got a lot of shit for putting herbert so low in my rankings last week uh i had my qb 12 he finished as a qb 13 uh this week he's my qb 5 okay because he's not going up against the Ravens. So, uh, but Stroud, man, he's been getting it done since his bye. It, it's really hard to keep him out of lineups right now. Yeah, you can't keep him out of lineups right now. And you look at the the matchup. It's not like blow you away type matchup with the Broncos, but they've been allowing points to quarterbacks. You know, I think it's the 11 most, fan, most fantasy points quarterbacks this season. And CJ Stroud's been the QB4 in fantasy points per game since returning from the bye, like you just mentioned. And it makes sense. Is is a coincidence that you have him as your QB4? I, I don't think so. Maybe you read into that stat a little bit right there. But he could also be getting Noah Brown back this week. 
We're not sure, but it doesn't really matter. You know, he could have one weapon in his offense. The way that he's playing is he's just playing out of his mind. There's nothing to really worry about here. The overall matchup right now, you know, according to Vegas, is very high scoring potential. Both teams have implied totals of three or more touchdowns. It's a 47, I think, over under, which is, I think, the second highest total of the week. I might be wrong, but I know it's second or third highest. So they're expecting a lot of points in this game. The way that the Texans are built to run, it's going to be a dogfight because this is these are two good teams, you know, suddenly. Like we were looking, if you look at this matchup earlier in the season, just like four or five weeks ago, like this wouldn't have a whole lot of intrigue. But the way CJ Stroud's been playing, Denver's on a heater right now. Their defense is playing well, but I'm interested interested to see how they hold up against CJ Stroud. I think CJ Stroud can overcome this Denver, this Denver Broncos defense. Yeah, it's interesting, man. Like, and, we, and I talked about it on the show yesterday during the waiver wire show because Russell Wilson was one of my favorite quarterback pickups, right? Because he's available in a lot of leagues, number one, number two. He has a great rest of season schedule, and it starts this right. week, right? So uh, if you're hurting that quarterback, right, it, you know, if you need somebody with a high floor, maybe a little bit of a ceiling moving forward, like I think I think Russ is your guy, right, if you're looking yeah. for the, for somebody. And listen, man, we we, we – you know, a lot of people have been talking about Russell Wilson, but we, I haven't heard much lately about yeah. Russell Wilson. You know, past what I'm five weeks he's playing a whole lot better. Nine total touchdowns and no interceptions over the past five weeks. Eight passing, one rushing. And did you see that pizza pizza call that he had last week? It was like pizza yeah. pizza, and then it was a QB yeah. read, and then he ran it like three like, times in that drive. He had the rushing touchdown. It's like let's do more of that. That would be fantastic for fantasy football. You know what I'm saying? The other thing he faced. Yeah, he's faced Kansas City and Cleveland in these past few weeks, you know, where he's just been playing a lot better. He put up 16-plus fantasy points in both of those games. So you want to talk about a floor? Those are two really difficult matchups, and he came through in both of them. He's playing a lot better. I do like him the rest of the way, a lot more than I did a couple weeks ago. Like the Broncos, they've turned things around. I don't think that this is just like a fluke. I think they might finally be getting their feet underneath them there in Denver. This isn't really Patrick Mahomes' year. Is it Zach? No, you know, no. Um, you know, he's going up against Green Bay this week, you know, and I was struggling, you know, with starting him or Brock Purdy this week. Purdy's going up against Philly. They're giving Very up the second matchup. most fantasy points to the quarterback position. And I think I have to do it, man. You know, Purdy's been getting it done in good matchups with the high ceiling because of all the weapons that he has. It's literally the opposite. Purdy has all the weapons in the world. Mahomes has none, you know, yeah. so it's well, none. I mean, I'm, I'm being a little bit dramatic here, but you get what I'm saying, okay, right? So I think I'm going to do it, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm i going to have Purdy at six this week and Mahomes at seven. Yeah, I, I think that I'm with you. I didn't go through my rankings yet, so it might not be like six to seven, but I think I would agree with you, Purdy over Mahomes this week. Just the way that they're playing and then the matchup too. Purdy has seven touchdown passes over the past three games and the Eagles have allowed a top three finish to three of the past four quarterbacks they've faced. That's Sam Howell, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen. You know, the ceiling, I don't think, is astronomical with Purdy, but I think a solid 24-point outing is well within reach in this matchup. He only has to throw a few touchdowns, and the Eagles have just been letting it up on the back end. And then to talk about Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's underperforming this season by his own standards. He's the overall QB 22 in fantasy points per game over the past five weeks, just 15.5 fantasy points per game. That doesn't sound like Patrick Mahomes to me, and you just said it. You know, that's less than Matthew Stafford or Baker Mayfield in that same span. I do think he's still a QB1 in the matchup that he has against Green Bay, but I think he'll land more towards the mid to low range this week because the Packers have been relatively stiff you know, against quarterbacks. Not a, not shut down, but they're only allowing the 10th fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. Trevor Lawrence has had two straight solid fantasy performances. He gets the Bengals at home this week on Monday night 
Uh, I, I do think this is a Travis Etienne game, and we'll get there in a little bit. But I think Lawrence is back in the top 10 for me with his last two performances. The fact that you know he has high enough of a floor, he's had that floor all year. He just hasn't shown his ceiling, though, until these past two weeks. Uh, and the matchup this week you know, against the Bengals for quarterbacks isn't that bad at all. Right. And it's weird because he suddenly started running the ball. <laughs> you know, he has the three rushing touchdowns over the past two weeks, which is really, you know, doing a good thing for him. But I don't know if I want to rely on that on a weekly basis. I don't. He didn't have any rush touchdowns before these past two weeks on the season. So now he suddenly has these rushing touchdowns. It looks great, but I just don't think that this game is going to be that close. I think there's a, there's a situation, like you mentioned, it's, we're going to kind of lean into that Travis Etienne conversation later on. If the Jaguars go up, you're not going to leave Trevor Lawrence in the game. Like Trevor Lawrence might throw two touchdowns. And if it's Travis ETN game, you know, he's going to have some touchdowns of his own potentially on the ground. I don't know. It, it might be like a, a self-imposed ceiling by the Jaguars offense if they go up early. Because I don't really think the Bengals are going to be keeping up with anybody on the scoreboard, let alone the Jaguars. And the Jaguars pass, pass rush has been getting it done these past few weeks too. Josh Allen, you know, I don't know if you watched the game last week. He was all over the backfield. I just don't think Jake Browning is going to have a whole lot of success against that front. I, I think that this is a game where the, the Jaguars go up. It's going to be a positive game script, and it's going to be that Travis Etienne game. So I might not have Trevor Lawrence in my top 10. I do think he's top 15, though. So I'm tempering expectations just a little bit. I do have a very easy request for you guys. Uh, most of you who listen are not subscribed to the podcast you just listen all the time and i definitely appreciate that but if you can take it one step forward and just take a few seconds to do that now and subscribe to the podcast it helps us out so much it helps us keep us it helps keep us consistent it helps improve the show it helps more people find out about us which in turn helps us improve the show you know more shows can be added more types of shows can be added we have a lot of plans for this podcast. We have a lot of plans for this show and it's only going to get bigger and better, but we need your help. Okay. So hitting the follow button on your podcast means a ton Hitting subscribe on YouTube means everything as well. If you're feeling amazingly generous today, if you leave a five-star review on your podcast app, that would mean the world too. Okay. Now there aren't a ton of streaming options. I like this week. I mentioned it on the waiver wire show yesterday. I like Russell Wilson this week in Houston. He's been quietly getting it done. I like Gardner Minshew in Tennessee. Uh, Derek Carr at home in a great matchup against Detroit, uh, but he's missing a lot of his weapons, right? So I'm a little wary of putting him in my lineup if I have other options um, because, you know, when I look at Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Matthew Stafford, Geno Smith, they all have tough matchups this week. So even without the weapons, I still might be starting Derek Carr over all those guys. Yeah, it's just really tough. Like, I don't know if I have the stomach for Derek Carr in my lineup. That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with his weapons. Like, if Chris Olave Chris is probably not going to play, he's going to be missing Rashid Shahid. He's going to be missing, he's been missing Michael Thomas. Like, this is going to be an Alvin Kamara game, I think 100%. And maybe he can capitalize that way. But Derek Carr just historically has been the definition of mid at quarterback. <laughs> like, he's not, he's just a low, mid to low QB2. His whole career, that's what he's been. I don't want to say if if the weapons were there, I would say, okay, maybe this is where he kind of beats back that narrative. It's a good matchup. I just feel like it's going to go to waste at this point because I don't know how much I trust A.T. Perry to be one of those guys in the receiving game that takes over. He did show a little connection with Jawan Johnson, but I don't know. This game also screams Taysom Hill to me because if they don't have anything going in the receiving game, they're just going to give it to Taysom Hill and see what he can do at this point. It's going to be a lot of Taysom Hill, a lot of Alvin Kamara, and a lot of Jawan Johnson for the Saints this week. Hopefully uh, hopefully, Chris Olave can be back. So 
if, if Chris Olave, you know, isn't in there, then you might want to consider guys like Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield, even in tougher matchups, right? All right. Let's move to running backs. By the way, guys, you can catch our full rankings up on upperhandfantasy.com. Those rankings will be updated throughout the week, all the way up until Sunday morning before kickoff. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I think this is the bounce back week for Travis Etienne. Uh, we'll see if he's limited in practice at all this week with that chest injury he suffered during the game on Sunday, but he's at home. He had a couple of tough matchups since his bye against San Francisco, against San Francisco, against Houston, who, by the way, they have allowed the fewest yards per carry to running backs this year. Like a big shift there, right, in that yeah. Houston defense. But this week, he's at home against Cincinnati. The Jaguars are favored by eight and a half points, according to Fantasy Life's Game Hub. The Bengals are giving up the third most yards per carry to running backs. They've given up the eighth most rushing touchdowns per game to running backs. I, I wouldn't be too discouraged with his performances over the last three weeks. He had 26 opportunities last week. Okay, so I think this is going to be a Travis Etienne game in what should be a positive game script. Yeah, I, I think that's the only way we can look at this matchup. And we just talked about it, you know, and we just touched on how Trevor Lawrence, for me, I think takes a little bit of a hit because Travis Etienne can't have that type of success in this game. But these past few weeks, the utilization has been there. I mean, the week, the first week coming off the bye in week 10, you know, Travis Etienne, he only had 
13 opportunities, I think it was. So that wasn't really encouraging. And he's been quiet these past few, week, few weeks compared to the heater that he was on going into the bye. He had scored a touchdown in the four games before the bye, each of the four games, two touchdowns in three of them. So you're not happy with what you've seen from Travis Etienne these past few weeks, but the game script has also not really called for him these past few games. This one is one where he can get back to that, where he's going to be the workhorse. He's going to be getting those rush attempts later into the game because they're. I expect the Jaguars to go up. Like, do you think there's any chance the Bengals keep any type of competition in this game? Like, I don't know if I see this having any type of competitive game script here. Like, what do you think? Because I I just want you to weigh in because that's how I'm looking at it. I do not. And that's part of the reason why I do not like Joe Mixon this week. I haven't ranked really low this week. Like, I don't want to play him. Okay, he's on a bad (laughs) offense. He averaged two yards per carry last week. Uh, Jackson was allowing the fifth fewest yards per carry to running backs. He had one 39-yard catch that put him up to 44 yards receiving on two targets for the day. Unless the Bengals can move the ball through the air, which they I don't think they will be able to anyway, even though this might be a decent matchup. And I think Jamar Chase is has a good matchup. But I just I just like Mixon might be able to get some work near the goal line. But like that's how I see his fantasy day, you know, being like he, he would have to save his fantasy day with a touchdown. That's kind of how I feel about it. And I think the chances of that happening are pretty low anyway. So I think yeah. Mixon's going to be on my bench. That's exactly how I was just going to say it. Like your best case scenario is you're looking at as, okay, maybe he can save his day. Like if you're already talking about saving the day, the game hasn't even started yet. It's like, <laughs> you know, there's no upside to be had in this matchup. <laughs> it's just the way the game script's going to be. I, I, I don't think there's going to be a point where they just take the ball out of like Jake Browning's hands. And he's like, okay, um, Let's just give it to Joe Mixon 30 times. I I don't think that's going to happen. You know, even if they go down, like they're not going to just roll over and die. They're going to keep throwing the ball. I I don't trust Joe Mixon in this one either. I haven't been a really big fan of him this whole season. Obviously, these past few weeks with Joe Burrow, you know, after the bye, they were looking better. He was more consistent. But you talk about this offense, like you don't want to buy part of this offense really at all moving forward, especially if you can't trust Jamar Chase, (laughs) and I'm not, you know, moving forward. If he doesn't have upside in this offense, how is Joe Mixon going to have upside in this offense? Because he's the least dynamic fantasy player on this offense, I think, if you ask me. And I I think that you look at Joe Mixon, he is dependent on the system that he's in, the offense that he's in at this point in his career, obviously. And if the system and the offense isn't playing well, I just don't see him playing well. So I'm with you on this one. I'm going to have him ranked pretty low. I didn't see how low you have him, but he's definitely like borderline RB2 in my mind. Thousand percent, and and you know we I want to hit on Alvin Kamara real quick. Like, what's the over under on uh, if I had to give you an over under on twelve targets? You're taking the over or under on that one. <laughs> uh, I I understand where you're coming from with this, but I'm <laughs> I think I'd go with the under here. But I'm not ruling out like I'm expecting eight <laughs> nine targets in this game with five or six catches. You know, we just talked about how they're missing Chris Olave. They they could be missing Chris Olave. We know they're missing Michael Thomas. Rashid Shahid's going to be out. It might be all Alvin Kamara all day, you know, for the Saints this week. It's a tough matchup against the Lions. They're allowing the fewest receptions, like you mentioned. I think I think it just took your notes right there. These aren't my notes. Those yep. are yours. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, Take you know, they're notes. allowing the fewest receptions. But I, I think that Alvin Kamara, the way that he's been used this season is – fantastic you know in terms of the receptions that he's going to be getting i don't think that's going to be matchup dependent especially in a matchup where he's going to be the game script the beginning the middle and the end of it with hardly any other weapons in the receiving game so i'm definitely looking at alvin Kamara as somebody that has a very safe floor this week you don't have to worry about starting him 
sure, maybe maybe the upside might not be there because they'll be able to key in on him a little bit more. But I don't think that there's any way that the Lions stop him from getting his catches in this game. And he's going to be, you know, perfectly fine as a low RB one or even a high RB two. I think is more comfortable for me in this in this this week. Yeah, I have him as a high end RB one this week because of that. You know, I just think a that high end, gonna... I guess maybe with the buys, yeah. maybe I'm maybe I'm running him out a little low there. Yeah, but. no, I do. I have him as a high end RB one this week because I do think that he's going to get a ton of receptions in this game. Um, and we've since we've ideal. seen multi, you know, multiple games with him getting ten, 10 or more receptions this year. Uh, I think I'm I'm willing to to bet that he ends up getting a pretty, you know, some pretty good usage in the you know this week. Our sponsor for this episode is Better Vision. It's an app that allows you to keep track of all of your bets in one place. If you have accounts on all of these different sports books, you have to switch between them to see whether you're up or not. You lose track of where you place certain bets, and it gets confusing, but not anymore, not with Better Vision. All of your bets are tracked in one place, and not only that, the best part is Better Vision will let you know which betting platforms have the best odds for certain bets. All right. So if you like a play, normally you would look through all of your apps one by one to see what which one has the best odds. Uh, and then you end up playing on that app. But why not have a side by side comparison all on one screen within one app? And then you just click on the bet that you want to make within Better Vision and you're good to go. OK, go check it out. It's completely free. Go to bettervision.us or go to the App Store and search Better Vision. That's better with an O. So B-E-T-T-O-R Vision in the App Store today. Rashad White is set up nicely this week. Didn't see the targets this past week, but I'm expecting that to bounce back because he's been getting it all year long. Um, the other thing is that he has a chance of being efficient in the run game for a second straight week, given the Panthers are bottom five in yards per carry, given up to running backs this year. Uh, they've been good at limiting opposing running backs in the receiving game, uh, limiting them to the second fewest yards per reception. But I think White has been good enough this year to be able to put it all together in a good matchup. Oh, yeah, 100%. And just look at the way that he's been playing. He's been on a heater these past five games. You know, he's had at least 15 PPR points in five of the six games that he's played. And in the game where he didn't, you know, last week against the Colts, he still had over 10 points. I think it was 11. He rushed for 100 yards. You know, that was his best game on the ground all year. So, like you just mentioned, put it together sounds like exactly what I'm expecting from him this week against the Panthers because Tony Pollard had his get-right game against him a couple weeks ago. Derrick Henry had a get-right game. He had two games in a row where he wasn't playing well. He just scored two touchdowns. I think he could creep into the top five for me. He's definitely a locked and loaded RB1 play this week just with the opportunity that he's been getting. Hopefully that the, the work in the receiving game bounces back. It's only a one-game sample so far over this stretch of games where he's been playing well that we haven't seen him get that work. So if that bounces back, like he's definitely going to be one of the best running backs you know, to start this week. The matchup is just fantastic. You mentioned Tony Pollard. The Seahawks have given up the, the most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks, the fourth most over the course of the season. Pollard's been involved in the receiving game over the last two weeks. Also, you know, if you look a little bit further back, five targets in three of his last four games. Is it going to be three weeks in a row for Pollard to get it done for fantasy, Zach? Oh, yeah, don't tempt me. You know, especially if you have Tony <laughs> Pollard, this this looks too good to be true. The matchup on paper is like, yeah, this is great. And he's finally looking like that earlier in the season, Tony Pollard. The rushing attempts haven't been there, but you mentioned the receiving work. That's been kind of, you know, really supplementing um, the, the production that he's had. He's caught, um, let's see, 10 of his last 11 targets, you know, over these past few weeks. That's definitely going to give him plenty of value in PPR leagues. He's also scored in each of the past two weeks, and he's got a good matchup this week. The Cowboys are at home. It's been a scoring bonanza for the Cowboys at home. 
you know, every time they played this season. The only thing that concerns me is that when they do that scoring, it's Dak Prescott and the passing game that's been popping off. Dak Prescott has three straight home games these past three games with 300 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. You know, is that a streak that has to come to an end at some point? Yes. But we've seen the passing game is now the priority for the Cowboys. I don't want to rule out Tony Pollard because of that, but I do think that he's kind of still capped at that one touchdown a game if he's going to do it because just the way the rest of the offense is playing, C.D. Lamb has been quiet even though he's found the end zone these past two weeks. He could have another blow-up game in this one. Um, I think at this point, Dallas, you just have to trust the offense. I think he can have a strong performance given the way that the offense is playing right now. You know, everybody eats is what they were saying on Thanksgiving, and that was 100% the case. I think we could see that against against Seattle. I don't think the matchup really matters in this one. Without Jarek McKinnon in the lineup this past Sunday, Isaiah Pacheco's role increased even more than it already was at, and it was already good. But without McKinnon, yeah. Pacheco's role in the receiving game increased a ton. 68% rock participation, which is something he hasn't sniffed all year, and the targets followed, right? Now he gets a solid matchup against Green Bay, Right, he could put up another huge performance is if McKinnon is out again or is limited. But you know, even if McKinnon is in, I, th- I think Pacheco is still like a high end RB two. But if McKinnon is out, I'm moving Pacheco all the way up at, to a solid RB one play this week. Right, and that's just 100 predicated on the receiving work that he would get with Jarek McKinnon out. We saw him get that work last week. There was no competition really for him in terms of touches. He had 20 total opportunities last week, and. Pacheco's perfectly fine as that early down running back. You know, he's been getting it done this season in that role. But like you just mentioned, that receiving work put him over the top. I hope that continues. <laughs> you know, but I, I don't think it would happen with Jarek McKinnon playing. But like you mentioned, there's nothing to really be scared of in this matchup because he's been a consistent producer. He's been doing the same thing pretty much week in and week out. And he has upside as long as the offense continues to play well, especially last week. They were playing really well um, against the Raiders. Now, it was the Raiders and the Packers are a bit of a tougher matchup, but I think that he's going to be perfectly fine regardless. So I think this feels like we're pretty much ranking him where we've been ranking him, you know, this whole season. It's not that much of a change. So I think you just proceed as normal at this point with, you know, hope that maybe there is some upside for him to be an RB1. And I don't think that's like an irrational hope at this point, the way that we saw the touches shake out last week. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to have Isaiah Pacheco probably is like around my RB14 or so if McKinnon plays. And if McKinnon is out, I'm probably going to have him around my RB8 or so. Now, that's exactly where I was going to say. Like, I know you said RB14, <laughs> but RB8 yeah. was right around where I feel like it. Like, he's knocking on the door of that mid RB2 type status, but he's definitely, you know, safely, I think, a low end RB1 the way that they've yeah. been using him. Bijan had a great fantasy day last week. He got his touches. Um, there were a lot of touches to go around for the Falcons running backs. Maybe we could see something similar against the Jets this week. I think that has to be the case. And the thing for me is there were a lot of touches to go around last week in the backfield because the Falcons were up. They were just playing keep away. The Saints were chipping away with field goals the whole time. So that made it really easy for the Falcons to just run the ball. But the Jets are allowing the seventh fewest fantasy points of quarterbacks this season. They've made a lot of quarterbacks look dumb. Does this smell like a B. John Robinson game to you? Because it reeks of it to me. You know, just like, wait till you hear about how the Jets have fared against the run this year. Arthur Smith is just salivating. You know, just thinking about the run-heavy game script he's about to call. Like, the Jets are allowing the fourth most fantasy points to running backs this season. That includes over the past four weeks as well. Jets have allowed three top 12 finishes at running back over the past four weeks. We just saw the Falcons, like you mentioned, give Bijan his work back in the receiving game from earlier this season, and that's what we kind of keyed in on earlier 
I think it was earlier this week or late. Yeah, it was earlier this week in the takeaways episode. Like we keyed in on that receiving work. If it continues, it's going to be really good for Bijan. And I could see Desmond Ritter checking it down a plenty of times with the back end defense for the Jets being like the best in the league. If there was a matchup for him to turn the corner and maintain that work in, it's this one. Desmond Ritter is just going to have a hard time throwing downfield. I'm not big, not a big fan of Drake London in this one. Not a big fan of anyone in the receiving game, passing game for Atlanta. But Bijan Robinson. I think he has a really good shot of uh, finishing very high this week, just the way that I expect the game script to be. Because I also don't think, you know, as good as the Jets' defense is, the offense isn't going to be running away from the Falcons. So it's going to keep the game competitive at the very least. And if the Falcons would go up, of course it's going to be the run game that they're going to lean on. So I think B. John Robinson has a good chance at replicating last week's production um, in this one. Yeah, I think there needs to be a big pie for Bijan to have a big slice, right? Because he's not getting the whole pie. Right. So right. a bigger pie right. means a bigger slice. And the Jets are only behind the Cardinals in terms of baking the biggest pies for running backs. And they're allowing the second most running back carries per game to opposing teams. And teams are targeting their running backs at the fourth highest rate per game against the Jets. So I think this is a situation where the running backs are going to be very involved. My only concern here is that this offense can struggle against the Jets defense. Like I can see Desmond Ritter making some massive mistakes in this game, especially even if it's yeah. limited work that he's given, but you know, especially with him not being at home, right? Maybe this offense just gets shut down, but I think that's overthinking it a little bit. Like the Jets, like you mentioned, are allowing the fifth most fantasy points over the course of the season, the fourth most over the last four weeks. So with all that being said, I think Bijan could have a big week this week. Yeah, there's that. And then, like I said, like, so what? Even if the Jets turn him over four times, like, what are the Jets going to do on offense? Right. <laughs> like, Brees Hall, I know they don't want him running, taking him, trying to get the home run ball every single time, which is just a stupid comment. I don't know if you saw that one. They're like, oh, we don't want him going for the home run every yeah. time. I Dumb think. comment. What did it's you fine. draft Brees Hall for? It's like, makes yeah. no sense. I just I don't think even if they get all of that work, those opportunities on offense, I don't know how much they're going to capitalize. Like, I don't think there's a situation where the Jets go up by more than 10 points in this game, and that's going to keep it competitive the whole time. Thousand percent. We talked about Ramondre Stevenson as a great play moving forward. As long as the utilization he saw last week sticks, uh, he's a high in RB2 for me this week. Great matchup at home against the Chargers. Uh, we could see the Pats in a negative game script, and the hope is that leads to more targets for Stevenson. Yeah, if, if you look up volume in the dictionary, it's Ramondre Stevenson's name next to it. But if you look up like good offense, it, the Patriots are nowhere to be near, nowhere to be found. Like you just you have to rely on volume here with Ramondre Stevenson. It looked really good last week. Uh, I hope that continues. The Chargers have been pretty tough, you know, not 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 tough against running backs, but they've been bad against running backs. You know, they allow a lot of points. So I, I'm with you on this one, Ramondre Stevenson. It's pretty much the same spiel that we had just a couple of days ago about his usage. But there's not yeah. a whole lot to be said here because the Patriots offense quarterback situation is just horrific. The Lions offense was completely out of sync against the Packers on Thanksgiving. Um, you know, they had some time to reflect on that game. And now they're up against the Saints this week. You know, I think Gibbs is a RB1 play for me. Um, but how should we be treating Montgomery this week? I, I agree that Gibbs is an RB1 play just because we've seen the way that he's being used. We want that to happen. I think last week was just a blip on the radar. You know, it's tough that the Lions have had two straight games where it looked really questionable on offense, but I think they have to turn things around at some point. The Saints are allowing the eighth fewest fantasy points of running backs this season, but th that's, what, that's what makes me 
feel like this is a Dave Montgomery game. I don't think that the Saints are going to hang around like we just talked about. Derek Carr is not going to have a whole lot of weapons. I think the Lions defense will play a lot better than they have these past two weeks against the Saints offense. That could lead to the Lions going up big in this one. The Lions are favored by more than a touchdown. They're, I think that they're going to go up and it's going to end up being a positive game script, whereas it's a Dave Montgomery game. The Lions go up big. They don't have to run up the mileage on Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs is great, don't get me wrong, but if you have a sports car and a dually pickup truck in the backfield, like who are you going to let do the tough running for you? Like If you ask me, it's Dave Montgomery at this point. Jameer Gibbs might get the touches early on, the money touches that you want, you know, the usage that we've seen, get some work in the receiving game. Gibbs could build up a solid fantasy point total here, but the ceiling might not be there uh, later in the game because it might be Dave Montgomery time where he's just grinding the game out. You know, I'm not worried about the matchup. The game script shouldn't get to a point where the running backs are nullified. Dave Montgomery, he scored a touchdown every game that he started this season besides the Buccaneers game a couple weeks ago. So I'm trusting Dave Montgomery in this one. I think that his ceiling might be a little bit higher just because of the way I'm anticipating this game to go. But like I said, Jameer Gibbs is that sports car, but they're not going to run the mileage up on him when they have Dave Montgomery to get those tough yards late in the game. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know that I see this the Lions running away with this one because in the games that they've really been running away with is home, you know, and they're not at home. In this one, right? They're 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 in New Orleans. They're favored by only four points. Vegas doesn't think that this game is going to be, you know, like a, a runaway train for the Lions. You know, with that being said, I do think David Montgomery is going to be very involved, but I think he's like kind of capped out. I don't know if he's going to get those twenty carries. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be pretty involved here. So I I don't know where you have Montgomery ranked. Um, I have him down at RB eighteen, so I have him as a mid RB two. This week, because at the end of the day, like it's one of those things where early on in the year he had the upside to get you 25 carries, um, you know, a couple touchdowns. Now, you know, I think he's kind of ceiling his ceiling is like 15 to 17 carries at this point, you know, because of the fact that Gibbs is very involved in the running game as well now. Um, and not only that, you have a situation where, you know, Montgomery's not involved in the receiving game like at all, like zero. So that's right. a little concerning too, right? So the good thing is that he scores a lot of touchdowns and they get they get near the goal line a lot because this is a good offense. So I think Montgomery can definitely get it done. I mean, I don't I don't have him that high. I have him as a mid RB2, but I do think that, you know, the Lions are going to be in this game. I mean, I'm sorry, the Saints are going to be in this game regardless. I think we might be overlooking the Saints offense a little bit here without even without their weapons, um, especially with them at home. This week. I'm comfortable overlooking the Saints offense. I'm going to die on that hill right there and we'll see what happens next week when we see what actually happens in the game. But I, I'm, I'm just going to leave it. I'm going to say I don't trust the Saints offense to keep up. I think that the Lions are angry. I, I think they've had a couple of tough weeks. You know, the defense hasn't played as well as we know that it can. I, I think that they're going to disrupt Derek Carr. Aiden Hutchinson could be playing like I, I, I think that this one is one where the Lions get away with it. And this is just gut feeling with me, the way that I've yep. seen them play. I know the Lions are a better team, and I just don't think the Saints can keep up on offense. Now, if Alvin Kamara gets, if they actually do that, they give Alvin Kamara his 12 targets like you just mentioned, you know, he, he hits the over on that, then maybe we have a different discussion. But I don't think they're going to be able to key in on him that much because I think the Lions are going to be able to just, you know, prevent him from getting very far with those touches. And the downfield game isn't going to really be there for Derek Carr. We know he likes throwing the ball deep. But who's he going to be thrown to? That's my concern. Maybe if Chris Olave plays, if we find out he's playing, my tune will change. But right now, I'm expecting him to just be severely undermanned. Yeah, yeah. I would I, at this point, I think I would assume that Olave will not be in the lineup. 
So right. if you have Olave, make sure you have another option. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast i have uh jalen warren as a solid rb2 this week against the cardinals i have Najee harris as like a low-end rb2 uh, i know Najee outproduced warren last week but i'm not sure that will happen this week i think if i had to bet on one guy every week it would probably be warren because he's just been more efficient all year long um, you know, he's just showing more juice this year. And there's no other matchup you would rather have for your running back than Arizona. Um, and I think right. both these guys can potentially get it done this week. Uh, but if you're, you know, Warren is like kind of on that fringe all year long. Like, do I start him? Do I not? Because I have other running backs. If you're ever going to start Warren, it's this week. Yeah. I, I don't think there's a question for me who I'd rather start this week. You're looking at last week. If you have tunnel vision and you look just at last week, you'd be like, oh, Najee Harris, you know. He was the starter at the beginning of the season. He had a better game in terms of efficiency last week than Jalen Warren. But then you look at the rest of the schedule, take off the tunnel vision glasses, and you see it's like, oh, Jalen Warren is the most efficient running back, one of the most efficient running backs in the league right now. Najee just happened to outproduce him last week, be a little bit more efficient than him. It was outlier performances for both of them. It just switched roles. Suddenly, Najee was the efficient one last week, and Jalen Warren was not. I think that there's much more precedent for Jalen Warren being efficient than Najee. I think that's what it's going to come down to because they're getting very, very similar workloads. They're obviously a big part of the offense. So I have no problem trusting either of these guys in my lineup. I think it just comes down to if you have to make a decision between two of them, like I, I, I'm going with Warren here as well. And you mentioned that running back matchup. Just Kyron Williams exploded against him last week. That That's like it's the ideal matchup you want. I, I think for that reason, like you can't go wrong with either of these guys. But Warren is, I think, has the upside here. He has the upper hand when it comes to upside. But Najee Harris, I think, still think he's going to be a fine start for you. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with 12, 13 points anyway. If you put him in as like a flex or even an RB2, there shouldn't be any problem with that this week. Yeah, I agreed. Um, no word on whether Devon Achen will play this week. Uh, but if he does, I would. I still probably prefer Mostert 
uh, unless Achan gets full practices all week. Uh, and in that case, I, I might flip my preference because I think, you know, Achan is that explosive. But I think yeah. Mostert is the much safer play this week either way. Um, I think both running backs can eat against Washington, though, if they both play. It's a great matchup. I think, you know, Mostert is like a high-end RB2 if Achan plays. Um but like if he isn't 100%, right, in terms of practice. Uh, but if HN is out, I think I'll move Moster into my top 12, maybe top 10, depending on, you know, who, who I have to move him ahead of. Yeah, I, I think that's perfectly fine. I think if HN is out, we can definitely move Moster into the top 12. I think he finishes in RB1 because the commanders, they're getting torched on the back end. But Tony Pollard also had a good game last week. You know, it just takes one touchdown for these guys to you know, finish as RB1s against the Commanders because they're probably averaging a lot of yards per carry as well. Mostert has been efficient this year, so I'm not worried about him. But Devon Achan, like, if he plays, I'm still tempering expectations. You know, I think I agree with you here. I would still go with Mostert just because I think that this time around, you know, could the Dolphins end up being even more cautious bringing him back at this point? You know, obviously, he had the time off again, but they don't want to re-aggravate it again. They have the stretch run coming up. Like, Devon Achan... He could be on a snap count, that kind of thing, I think, going into this one. Maybe it could be just for this game, but I think they're definitely going to walk him back a little bit easier than they were last time. Not that they threw him into the fire last time either, but we now know the nature of this injury where it could pop up again. I think Mostert is definitely going to have a handle on you know the majority of the touches. And we know Devon Achan can make do with seven or eight touches in a game. <laughs> he did that earlier this season, but... At this point in his recovery, I don't know how much I trust him to make do on those touches. A couple of weeks from now, it could be a completely different story. But like you mentioned, the way that this is trending, I think Raheem Mostert is the one to start. Even if HN plays, if he has those limited practices, I don't even know. Even if he gets those four practices, I might just be like, it would be hard to bench him. But I think if I had to make a decision between two of them, I would still go with Mostert. That's just me, though. It's, it, yeah. it's it's funny because, yeah, I think me too. But it's funny because I went back to watch the beginning of this game just to see, like, who was the who who started, you know, who was getting more more uh, snaps to start the game. Both these guys were on the field for, like, three snaps in a row. And then, like, you know, most of it was in for, like, the passing down. And then, like, and then and then they got they were on the field again together. And then HN got hurt. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, okay, I got zero data there. That, that's great. <laughs> was um, my spiel that long that you could go and dig up film? Like, did you pull up the all 22? No, not like right now. Through six or seven plays? Or you, this was earlier. This was earlier, dude. You think I did okay. that right now while you were talking? I was going to say, no. like, there's no way you were able to get that in. I know I talked for a little <laughs> bit, but I was like, there's no way you could pull up all 22 while I'm spilling. No, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> before this Crazy. um tough matchup for deandre swift this week against san francisco uh swift hasn't been using the receiving game as much over the last five weeks maximum three targets over that span um after two weeks of six targets and 10 targets right like that was looking so promising but it's been a while since that happened um but he's been efficient in the run game you know but at the, at the end of the day he's like kind of like touchdown dependent right especially in this matchup um, if they don't target him a whole lot, right? So, yeah, not the best matchup in the in the world. He's my RB twenty on the week, and he's that high because of the quality of offense that he's on. Normally, like you know, these running backs going up against the 49ers would be even lower. Um, let me ask you this: Would you rather play DeAndre Swift or Najee Harris this week? Oh, you make me answer this question. I'm gonna go 
I'm probably going to play Najee Harris just because I trust his floor more than DeAndre Swift. And with DeAndre Swift, the matchup is tough. But like you mentioned, the offense is good enough to overcome that. But then you're also contending with Jalen Hurts, who's going to be running the ball in once or twice a game. Not running the ball in, but getting pushed in. That's a discussion for another time. But the the fact remains, goal line touchdowns are hard to come by for running backs in this Eagles offense. I don't trust the workload. I look at the workload that Najee Harris is getting, the matchup that he's getting. It's very similar to what DeAndre Swift is getting. And just the way that they're trending right now, the Eagles, it's a tough matchup. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, but if you're going to attack the 49ers defense, they have a, a greater liability in the secondary than they do along the defensive line. They're stacked at the defensive line. They've showed that this season. They're allowing the fewest running um, I think it's the fewest fantasy points for running backs uh, this year. So, like, it's a tough matchup for DeAndre Swift. He hasn't come through these past few weeks. I'm going to go with the momentum here. I'm just going to ride the hot hand. I think I would go Najee Harris in this one just because also the matchup is fantastic. And I think that he's going to have a good day regardless. It might not be a great day, but I think that Najee Harris's floor is right around DeAndre Swift's ceiling in this one, if that makes sense. So they could definitely finish close to each other, but I just trust Najee Harris more. I hear that. I hear that. Um, is this a week where you rather play Antonio Gibson than Brian Robinson? Because the Dolphins are favored by nine and a half according to Fantasy Life's Game Hub, and you have to think that, you know, if they put up, if Miami puts up a ton of points in this one, which I, which we think they will, and if they do it early, which I think they will, that could mean a ton of routes for Gibson rather than a ton of rushes for Robinson. Yeah, I think there's something to be said there, you know, with Antonio Gibson. This is one of those weeks where you could put him in and realistically have an argument. It's like, this is makes sense why we should have him in our lineups. But for me, it's like, I'm not that big a fan of either of them anyway. <laughs> we saw it last week where the, neither of them got it done, even though it was a negative game script. It wasn't like Antonio Gibson just got funneled. You know, he, he had these targets and they got it done. The commanders have been pretty rough on offense, or at least they were against the Cowboys. And like I mentioned, this is like a copy-paste matchup. Maybe not as tough a defensive matchup for the commanders to go into against Miami, but still tough anyway. I don't want to trust either of them, but if I had to pick one, I think it would probably be Antonio Gibson. Because I just don't see Brian Robinson. I think he's going to get his signature 8 to 11 points in this game because it's going to get out of hand pretty quickly. And I don't think they're going to be relying on him to grind out any type of yards or run the ball a whole lot in this one. You you laid it out pretty nicely. Yeah, I have Gibson as my RB25, and I have uh, Robinson as my RB26 this week. Um, I, I don't love either of them either. Um, they're allowing... The Dolphins are allowing the second fewest receptions to running backs also. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know... <laughs> you know, so but I, I do lean Gibson here between the two. Right. I think that's gonna do it for this episode, guys. We we appreciate you so much. Uh again, our rankings are up at upperhandfantasy.com. You can go check that out there. I'll be back talking about wide receivers and tight ends. I'm trying to do that tomorrow. Um, I'm going on a little sneaky vacation at the end of this week with my entire family. Um, looking forward to that. So right. we'll be back. Hopefully, you guys see me. I, I don't need a tan. But like when I'm back, I'll probably have one. Okay. So we appreciate you guys a ton. Again, if you could subscribe to the podcast, it would mean the world to me. World to Zach. World to us. Because it helps us so much. So we appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Take it easy. Later. Later.